Hey everyone, it's Travis. And I'm Ryan. And this is The Wheat and the Chaff. This is the excellent podcast where you can go for all of your Christian pop culture, uh, regular pop culture, post-pop culture, previous pop culture, who knows, all the pop culture. That's where you go for it. Yeah, that's where you go. That's what we do. Yeah. That's all, pretty much our specialty here. We're, we may not be good at anything else, but we're really excellent at pop culture. So there you yes. go. Um, so we've been off for a couple of weeks. I had yep. vacation, then you went ahead and had vacation, and we did that most amazing thing that you can do in pop culture, which is we went and rode Star Wars rides at Disney. Yes, and it was pretty awesome. And they were pretty pretty darn epic. I, I got to ride one that he didn't, that Travis didn't. That's very true. I got and to so ride I live, in, I live in nerd envy right now. Yes, and it was pretty awesome. Yes, my uh, my nerd powers are not as high as yours Yes, if, uh, if we were playing a card game. The force is strong with me. Yeah, your your attack would be better than mine, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a couple of weeks, but we're glad to be back and rolling. And, uh, of course, for this particular episode, while it will kind of date it probably in a couple of months, uh, we'll go ahead and hit one of the current events, because sometimes we like to delve into current events as well. And no, it's not Super Tuesday, and who do we think will win the presidency, and who do we think will be the nomination, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, because frankly, um... Darned if you do, darned if you don't, yeah, I think, is where much. I'm at at this one. With this pretty particular much. One. Um, but, uh, but there is something that kind of has hit more of an impact of the church recently, and that is the coronavirus. Coronavirus. Uh, the coronavirus, which uh, we just had our small group a couple of nights ago, and we have a, a, a nurse who is a part of our small group, and I asked her, I'm like, you know, what do you mostly recommend? Like, what, are, what, are your, what is your take on the coronavirus? Which she just simply responded, wash your hands. Yeah. Which... I mean, that's pretty basic common sense. care. I think yeah. would uh, would kind of be common sense, and yet so often we see a lot of people failing to do it. So, um, coronavirus is happening. Uh, it has been pretty severe throughout the world, in one sense. Like, there's a lot of cases of it. There's a lot of fear, and there's a lot of questioning, and there's a lot of, of course, uh, like I know we just had the conversation in our church as to whether or not. Um, we should serve communion uh, or if we do serve communion what, you know do we need to alter the way we serve it like do our people need to wear gloves do we need to have okay. like a distribution instead of like usually usually we have a broken you know a broken loaf that also then gets um, broken into a bowl right and people can come up and take pieces yeah. uh, for themselves and you know there's concern of you know if you take a piece but maybe you're you've got a cold you've got the flu you've got something um, and you hit a couple of other pieces and then someone eats that, is that potentially going to cause, you know, mm. some kind of outbreak of something? Are you, you know, going to be sharing something? And so, you know, we've been having that conversation. So if it's filtered down to us, you know, because we are not a church yeah. that tends to panic and we are not yeah. a church that tends to uh, throw our hands in the air and, you know, wave around and run around crazy and yell, oh, crap, we're all going to die. Uh, so if it's gotten to us where we're having the conversation, then you know at least it's got a level of interest and and discussion and concern. Yeah. And I think that's that's where it it comes. There's this crossroads that people are coming to, uh, especially I guess within the the church itself is is this crossroads of trusting God and fear, mm -hmm. you know. And how do we wrestle with that? Because you know, Scripture tells us. And I was when I was driving over here to Travis House today, I was thinking about this scripture, and it says, you know, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. You know, yeah. and uh, the and so there's that there's that verse, and you just kind of come to that. But, but 
If fear has to do with punishment, don't we all know the truth that the coronavirus is a curse? <laughs> of course it is. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's that's basically Because what it is. isn't the scripture clear that healing is from the blessing of God and sickness is a curse? And that if you are sick, you are living into the curse by his, and not living into your healing and blessing. Because by his wounds, we are healed. That's It's like you're preaching to the choir. Uh, yes. It's I mean, like, it's that one, I felt that one. So I th- here's, here's, so let's, let's break this down for you. <laughs> so here's some things that are going on right now. So I think that, I think the media can add a lot of this like fear and panic with the coronavirus and and i was looking at my my wife's aunt's a missionary in alaska and she's a nurse practitioner so she put on this thing this um this chart on facebook comparing the coronavirus to all the other uh viruses and sicknesses that have come over the years and like like h1n1 and and the bird flus and all these kind of stuff zika yeah h1n1 was actually sars h1n1 was way worse than this ebola um, yeah, and Ebola was worse than this, and this was like down at the bottom. So, um, so I think the media kind of did. Did you see? Speaking of the media, did you happen to see the? Re, um, I'll go see if I can find the article. It was not like Babylon B. It was not satirical. It was actually uh, someone like, putting out there that these things happen with each election cycle, and that it's actually the government propagating it in order to suppress a certain demographic demographic of voter. Uh, and so, you know, they, they know that if they want this particular kind of voter uh, and they don't want this one, you know, these kind of things get get released into the public. And therefore, this kind of demographic will be more susceptible to it and then not be able to show up, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, that one just that one amused me on just like that was like high compar- conspiracy points. Like I was like, you get you get a gold tinfoil hat. That is that was well done, but I'll have to share that one too. I'll have to dig that one up and share it to you. I feel like we have lost brain cells, so <laughs> we, we become dumber as the years go on. So anyway, it's I, the it's the only real it's the only real like argument against evolution is like uh, aren't things supposed to get we're not better getting and better. smarter? We're not evolving better. We're actually are we supposed to be stronger and better and smarter? No, we are apparently dumb as bricks, yeah. and uh, we, think, we, we can't that, even figure out how to wash our hands. I think the apes and monkeys are actually going <laughs> ahead of us, so I don't think we're the that whole survival of the fittest thing. I think we're that's screwed. right. Uh, yeah, no, we're all we're, <laughs> we're all screwed. doomed because obviously, if we can't even wash our hands and wipe our own noses correctly, uh, you know, we have there a goes problem. The species. So anyway, sorry not to so, not to digress and derail us. And so I think you know when you bring up the. You know, like within the church context, when you bring up your own uh, aspect of like communion and should we serve communion because, you know, there's, you know, there's a fear of like, um, you know, germs being spread as somebody it was exposed to the coronavirus. Well, that would that... be an awful way to get sick is through communion. I know. I, I know. Like I took communion. I took my holy sacrament. And immediately got ill. Like, and then you read, be... then you read Paul's words. It says some of you, some of you have gotten <laughs> sick. And it's like I did it I wrong. Did it. it was me. <laughs> so, but I think that's where it, it comes in in this uh, this tension between like trust and fear, and do we trust God to protect us? It, it, it kind of similar to not 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 in a sickness wise, but when I was on a mission trip to Nepal, me and a buddy went to this shop this shop in uh, Talmel, which is a very busy. Uh, place in the Kathmandu Valley in Nepal. And a lot of Europeans go through there and get equipment to go trek up Everest and uh, things like that. And so we went to this knife store and we had befriended the owner and this and that. But 
Um, but the first time we walked in, he asked us, would you like to have some tea? Mm. And so, you know, when you go to a foreign country, you're kind of told like, you know, drink bottled water, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. those kind of things because you just don't want to get sick. Yeah, you don't know the sanitation. For um, that stuff. And so we're, we said, we didn't want to be rude. So we said, sure. And we just both kind of looked at each other and just kind of prayed silently, Lord, protect us from this. Because we just didn't know if <laughs> yeah. this is, and there's this, you know, there was that, you know, you had on a very smaller scale, had a tension of trusting and fear. Do we trust God enough to protect us? Yep. Not make us sick from, you know, drinking this. And we didn't get sick. We had tea every time we walked in there. No. Um, and so I think that it's it's hard because um, you want to trust in God, but you also want to have some common sense too. Yeah. You know, um, because there's a lot of, um, you know, my wife is supposed to go to this like um, leaders retreat for this, uh, this group called Rising Tides and it's down in South Carolina and they're, they're actually talking about maybe canceling the whole thing yeah, yeah. because of the fear of the coronavirus and yep. spreading and this and that. And so, you know, that that may come into play with churches. Like, do we take Sundays off? Because, you know, yeah. if you're in an area where the coronavirus is a you know higher threat to spread than others, <laughs> do you take Sundays off? You know, do you say, you know, we're not going to meet together. We're going to go more online or we're going to, yeah. you know, the, the pastor will do a message online. You can watch that on the on our website or things yeah. like that just for safety reasons. And then that brings up the other question is that not trusting in God enough to, to protect you and to, yeah. you know, to stop that spread. So I think there's that tension there right now within the church. Yeah, no, there totally is. I mean, cause, I mean, you look at huge events like, um, you know, Japan has their... Uh, you know, this is real recent over the past couple of weeks, right? Japan has their huge marathon that usually, yeah. it's like their big marathon through Tokyo. And, yeah. and, you know, usually there's probably thousands and thousands and thousands of people who yeah. run because it's open to the public, right? So there's there's the there's the elite runner group that gets to register and run. And then there's a lottery um, for the public. And you can, if you win the lottery, yeah. um, you get to run in it, right? As a, as an official, but like, you know, you're not, you're not racing for the highest speeds, but you get to run in it, you know, kind of like we do at the Boston marathon, yeah. you know, there's the folks that, you know, are kind of like running for competitive reasons to, w- to win it or yeah, yeah. to win it or, or to play somewhere, you know, maybe in an Olympic sport or, you know, down the road. Right. But then there's, you know, the regular people who just want to, you know, be able to say they ran the Boston marathon. And so you can register and, you know, so we had a friend who lives in Tokyo who, was so thrilled because he finally won one of the lotteries to be able to run in the, in the Tokyo Marathon, and they have canceled it. Like they've canceled it from the public point of view, so they're going to allow the it's only elite runners. Yeah, so they're going to allow the elite runners to yeah, run. So I the event that. itself is still going on, right? But they're not going to invite everybody in because they're worried about having that many kind of uncontrolled individuals, right, or uncontrolled you know situations where you know with the elite runners, I think they can kind of orchestrate things, make sure that there's hygiene, make sure there's sanitary, make sure everybody's yeah. healthy, make sure all that kind of stuff. With the public, it's a little bit harder. You know, like you couldn't, it'd be really difficult to do a mass screening the morning of the marathon if you're having the entire public run. Yeah. So, and I saw Italy is is hosting sporting events with yes. no fans. Yes, yeah, Zero right, exactly. Fans. I think I think they've got World Cup stuff going on. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like Zero basically fans. you've got you've got teams playing their, their hearts out, you know, and playing like as highly competitive as they can possibly play to, to win. no one. And there's nobody in the room, right? Like there's no one in the stadium at all, uh, which has got to be actually quite eerie, right? Like yeah, that's got to be weird. That, yeah, be a weird I mean, dynamic because be you do because you know fans do help. You know, yeah, there's a kind momentum. Of, there's some things that, that yeah, you yeah, play, off, sure. play off that fan momentum yep. and things like that. So, so yeah, it's an it's an interesting 
thing because so um, our friend um, Nate Nate Cook who's mm-hmm. been on this podcast uh, he was recently diagnosed with brain cancer a very aggressive form of brain cancer and he's going through he's had brain surgery and he's going through chemo treatments and radiation treatments and things like that and uh, you know I've talked to him since then and this and that and it's it's interesting because he you know facing something like brain cancer where it's the prognosis is mm-hmm. not good you know but um, you know his doctor stays positive and things like that and there's there's still hope and things like that and uh, but to talk to him and I'm sure he wrestles with this and I'm sure he has bad moments and things like that mm-hmm. Um, but to hear his like faith in God and through this, yeah, it's like, been inspiring. He is resting in the yep. promises of God, the trust in God, and he's like, you know what? If God wants to heal me, that's great. If He doesn't, that's great too. Yeah, you know. And it's this, so it, it's it's very inspiring to hear somebody like that who's facing something that is very, you know, f- for the most part, a very dire yeah. um, situation. Not to say that there's not hope and we pray that God will heal him and all yeah. that stuff and we believe that God can. You know, and then compared to this coronavirus where there's not real I mean, overall, there's not a huge threat. And right. Then, I mean, for most for the general public, as with I think a lot of these kind of, you know, illnesses, right? These kind of like flu symptomy kind of thing. Yeah. Right? For the most people, even if you get it, it's not going to be severe it's going to be kind You're of probably a going to recover mild fluish kind most of thing, people right? like recovering. i mean that's what and i'm just taking from what kind of like the cdc and various yeah. you know world health organization has said it right it's like they're basically saying for most people who get it it's going to be a flu but you're going to be okay, right? It's the people who tend to have compromised immune systems, yeah. people who are older, people who are younger, people who are battling something alongside of it those are the higher risk people. Exactly. You know, and but I think that that can be said for a lot of different types of flu. Again, we saw that with H1N1, we saw that with Zika, we saw that with Ebola. My question is, and this is where we turn of course to the the lens of the church's pop culture, is there is of course a segment of the church that looks at something like this, yours, mine, and we go, "Okay, what is practical um what is addressing the concern of people? Sure. Because again, as, as churches, as pastors, you know, you're always, even if you and I completely were like, this thing is going to blow over and it'll be fine. You know, we, we pastor a congregation where people yeah. are going to hear things, they're going to speak things, they're going to worry things. And so you're always wanting to address those concerns and reassure and say, hey, worst case scenario, we have a plan and a process. We know how we're going to deal with it within our environment. But there is a segment of the church that doesn't necessarily use that level of logic or rationale or process and uh they lack some brain cells they might they might be lacking in in a couple of things uh good doctrine solid theological training uh sometimes you know it can show itself in a variety of ways like like coronavirus this kind of illness of ignorance can be uh it it can be symptomatic in, in a variety of ways faith healing which i led off by saying you know isn't the coronavirus a curse which of course i said ton in cheek but you and I both know that there is actually quite a large segment of churches right now that promote the idea that, number one, you can't get sick. Yeah. Uh, because. Because you by by the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. Correct. And correct. You are protected by the blood of Jesus. Which from, you just need to name and claim. Name uh, and claim. Name and claim. And then you yeah. will be well. Yeah. Uh, or they will talk about the the reasons why 
this thing is is you know for the faint it's for the weak of heart it's for the the non-believer basically it's always a question of you know this this kind of like if you believe enough if you believe hard enough or if you're in uh you have like this spiritual bubble of protection um you and I, you, you were just, tell, tell me, tell me, go ahead and read it. Go ahead and play it if you have to, whatever one you want to do. Okay. Uh, but we just recently, let's put it like this. We came across a local evangelist and by local, I mean that they, they, uh, they tour often through our area within, within about half an hour of where you and I both live. Um, so they're, they're kind of, you know, a little bit of a, a different, um, ministry in this particular, in, in throughout New England. They're, they're based in New England, but also down in a couple of other areas. So, um, but anyway, usually this is the kind of stuff that we hear coming out of like, you know, some faraway state, you know, it's gonna be like, oh, that happened in Indiana or that happened in Oklahoma or that happened in Texas. This one happens in Massachusetts within half an hour where you and I live. Yeah. So this guy is named Jonathan Shuttlesworth. And this is what he had to say about the coronavirus so just give your, just sit back and listen. And I'm writing this to my friends and partners. I predict nothing will happen to you or your family. As a friend and partner of this ministry, you've chosen to make yourself someone who takes action on the Great Commission. You are in true covenant with God, and part of that covenant is supernatural protection from every sickness and disease there is. And that includes coronavirus. I declare in Jesus' name, these evils will not touch you. And I'm writing this to my friends. So... I'm not even sure really where to begin there. Uh, there's I, So I number one, if you're a part of his friends and family, which we know, we know that that's code, right? Let's break down. Yeah. We're going to break down some, some, some evangelist speak here yeah. for you a little yeah. bit. We're going to break down some, uh, some teacher speak. Yep. If, if I'm saying that I'm talking to my friends and family, what I really mean is I'm talking to the people who give me money and support my ministry and, uh, and make everything happen uh, financially. Those are, those are the friends and family because exactly. it's different. It's different. Friends and family are usually different from our prayer partners. Let's yes. be frank, right? Like if 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 we're talking to our prayer partners, what we really mean are the people who just receive our emails and stuff. But oftentimes they are kind of the they haven't really taken that next step to support or get involved. So when he speaks to his friends and family, I'm breaking this down. This is the code being being exposed here. You're getting a little sneak peek. We're talking to the people who give. Yes. And so for the people who give, they because they give to this gentleman. Uh, apparently, also now enter into a supernatural, supernatural covenant with Jesus. Which, yeah, because that's what the Bible says. Because right, like that's a new one. Now, again, what that usually means. Actually, I have no explanation of that one. That one's I, I that one's either. a little off because I, I you know, I'm 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 struggling because when I listen to it, I flash back to my youth. I flash back to growing up in my high charismatic days. Right of. We would throw all sorts of weird stuff under the umbrella of, you know, when you do this, you're in the supernatural covenant with, with God, right? That, you know, if you tie to the church, you enter into a supernatural covenant that sometime, somehow goes beyond the actual covenant that God has with us in, through Christ that, that allows us to experience salvation, new life, forgiveness of sin, grace every day. No, 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 no. Now, because you've tithed, now you're in an even more supernatural covenant. As if the people who don't tithe have a generic covenant with God, right? Yeah. That's it's a it's a it's a less divine or maybe a more mortal. I'm not quite sure because, but it's again, this is the kind of weird quasi church speak that you'll find in this kind of uh, in this kind of realm, right? In these kind of ministries. So, so if you to my friends and family, my givers, uh, welcome to my supernatural covenant with Jesus. 
Again, yeah. no idea why or how. There's nothing in Scripture that says that. But then there's the extension. Because you now have this special relationship with Christ through the giving to my ministry, you have protection. Of course. You have supernatural protection from all these things. And that's the one where you go, where is it written? I'm going to pull a little bit of a, of a covenant uh, question. This is, for, you know, I'm part yeah. of the evangelical covenant. This is an, a covenant question that we ask a lot. Where is it written that when we have this relationship with Christ or we enter into this quote-unquote supernatural covenant, that we also receive supernatural protection from illness, from all yeah. illness, and that includes coronavirus because, yeah, you know, that I just don't know where it's written. Because here's the thing, like, this, you know, it's it's not unlike... You know, when Martin, let's get a little church history going. When Martin Luther <laughs> nailed nerd his, out here. For yeah, a when Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the to the door of the castle of Wittenberg in Germany to start the Protestant Reformation, mm-hmm. his biggest um, beef with the Catholic Church was the selling of indulgences. The, the magic, basically. The, the magic. That, that the church had become not mystical, because there's always yeah. a healthy bit of mystery in the gospel. There's a healthy bit of mystery in the kingdom of God. His complaint was that it had become magical. Yeah. That that somehow magic, you know, whether you bought an indulgence and this magic thing over here happened. But it was basically, it was about potions and, and wizardry. Like, that yeah. was his biggest complaint when it came yeah. to that. Because if book. you needed, like, forgiveness of sins, or if you needed healing, whatever, you could go to the church and, and buy... A certain amount of indulgences, and they would, and that those magical totems, would, yeah, would yeah. would help you. And that is a, just to clarify for our listeners: the mystery of the gospel is that we come to Christ, put our faith in Christ and Christ alone, and that by doing so, somehow, yeah. somehow, I mean that's somehow. just reality. Somehow, through no work or effort of our own, somehow we receive forgiveness of sin, grace, and eternal yeah. life. That is a mystery. Yeah, that is a mystery. I mean, so so we just don't understand. Just, I'm just clarifying for our listeners there there is a huge amount of mystery in the gospel. The selling of a totem, the selling of something that's going to now represent something else that you know, or again, you can't have it unless you buy it. Yeah, that's magic. That is magic. So that is basically what this guy, this Jonathan Shuttlesworth, is doing. Yeah, he's saying you pay and you get supernatural protection. That is magic. That is not magic beans, baby. That's not fa- yeah. That's Mag- basically Jack magic and the beans. beans. That is Mag- Jack and the beans. <laughs> you're, you're magic beans for the coronavirus. <laughs> so, and here's here's another. I'll share with you another guy. That's not a video, but I'll just read this. This mm. guy is Sean Bowles, and you know I know some people may say, well, why are you naming these guys? Well, if you're going to put it out there in the public. And oh, it's nonsense. Yeah. You should be named. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like listen, and, and there's probably plenty of good stuff these guys do, and I'm sure we'll go yeah. try to find that at some other point. But yeah. you know, this is the kind of stuff that just pops up that you go, huh? So he said, "The Lord showed me the end of the coronavirus. The tide is turning now. He is answering the prayers and cries of the nations, and is putting an end in sight. The exaggerated fear-based tactics on both the enemy and several media outlets for political reasons is coming to an end." When is this written? Uh, last Friday. That's and convenient. So, yeah. Um, the enemy has been trying to distract, yeah, right before uh, Super Tuesday, um, trying to distract and steal from several equally important purposes and issues by dominating airwaves with conspiracy and fear. Even now, several vaccines are coming out as well as a natural dying out of the virus itself. The Lord is saying, I am removing the threat of this. Here's my problem with that one. 
that last part I, that last part I read about the several vaccines are coming out and the natural dying out of the virus that is a complete lie. Yeah, Both of those are I mean, complete lies because there's it, no just there's no scientific backing for any of that. The no. CDC has not come out and said that we are we have vaccines that are about to come it, out. So it just also shows ignorance to process, right? Like if you want to make a vaccine, the amount of trial and testing that goes on in the United it's like States a, at least a year. I, I, yeah, I believe. In fact, I actually think the um, someone from either WHO or CDC commented on that, right? Because I think there was a discussion in the in the you know in a in a presidential you know, conversation of. You know, oh, you know, this might be three, four months away. We're working on stuff now. And, you know, I believe there was a, you know, White House scientist, White House, you know, medical scientist who stepped in quite quickly to say, just to clarify, you know, yes, we're working on stuff now. Three or four months might be kind of within a time frame of finding some solutions. But to be able to go through the process of releasing an actual vaccine that, you know, you're looking a year, year and a half, maybe more. Right. So, like, it was one of those very quick, like, yeah, let's not put anything out there, you know. But I, yeah, I just feel like it shows ignorance to process or science yes. uh, that that like this is not a country that we just simply go, hey, I made this thing. Let me jab it into you and see what happens. Like the let's amount of testing, shot. yeah, let's the amount of shot. testing that we go through in order to make sure that our our vaccines and our medicine is is safe and ready is pretty strict, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, I, I find. I find that most of these kind of things, you know, I mean, we have a lot of fun with uh, kind of the charismatic uh, faith healing out there teaching, right? Like on our podcast, you tend to find us having fun with two different realms. Yeah. If you're on the extreme Yahoo on the on the crazy charismatic side where you are just all in on whatever, you know, you're getting into, yeah. to, again, kind of like magic Um you know, things falling from the ceiling, rubies yeah. under desks, uh, yeah. you know, what all that kind of stuff, you know, then then we have a little bit of fun with you. If you're on the other far side where it's a little more severe and fundamentalist, you know, you're chasing snakes under your pews. You're telling women that they can't wear pants. Yes. You know, we have fun with that one, too. Yes, we do. You know, you're basically safe as long as you're not in one of these extremes. We don't actually tend to go after you too much until you're until you're on one of these really extremes. Otherwise, we're like, hey, live and let live. But I feel like in this case, you know. The the people who are out there saying, you know, just claim your hate healing, just claim it in faith, you know, or if you believe this way, um, you just won't even get sick. Yeah. Uh, or especially if you give to my ministry, then we now have this special, more special relationship with God than any other of the real, you know, the other believers might have. You know, I mean, it's just nonsense. It and is. I just feel like it's just bad teaching and it's, it's irresponsible it's, to say. It is very irresponsible and it's just... Uh... It's not scripturally based because you look at, you know, G- the apostles after Jesus left, they all died for their faith. You know, they what? They're all, not still here? I know. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> they were all persecuted very heavily. Paul was yeah. persecuted almost. As, you could make an argument almost I mean, as heavily as thing, Jesus. Right? Like if you're like, going to have immunity from all sicknesses and illnesses, then why not also have immunity from aging? Yeah. Like, I just feel like what an oddly specific thing to suddenly be like, oh, if you have this relationship covenant thing, uh, you get supernatural protection from from all sicknesses. And I'm like, well, then, you know, why not just extend that and be like, you know, my liver will stay functioning forever and my kidneys will always work and I should, you know, just never die. Yeah. It's like, uh, was it uh, David Brainerd, who was the famous missionary that um, was friends with Jonathan Edwards? Mm. You know, he was a missionary to the Native Americans and, you know, this is the 1700s. Yeah. And he died when he was 26. Yeah. Something yeah. Something like that. Yeah. You know, uh, from, yeah, I, just I think like... it was like either like tuberculosis or smallpox. And it's like, 
you know, are you you're you're saying this now that we have the supernatural protection, but he didn't, right? You know, right. or well, others... he obviously he, he failed to give to the ministry. He, oh, if he had thought right. if right. he had he thought, thought ahead, he would have like put a few you know trust funds aside and then like at some point there will be a ministry that needs this, and then I'm sure that would have retroactively uh, you know yeah. walked back on him. Because see, here's the problem with it is when you do this stuff like this, when these guys do stuff like this. It takes the focus off Jesus and it yeah. puts it on them. Yeah, and absolutely. It's all about them, you know. Because yeah. he says, when you give, to, like, you know, the the Shuttlesworth, you get the my friends and family that give to my ministry to give to me. They are under the supernatural protection. It's like, yeah. Then it course. means that if you don't, you're yeah. not. I feel like it. You know that story when the um, the seven sons of Sceva in the book of yes, Christ, when they ca- tried to cast out the demons. okay. Number one, that'd be a great band name. Yeah, it would. It'd yeah, be an awesome seven, seven sons of Sceva. Sceva, Kiva, Kiva. Skiva? Skiva. S C E V A. It is, right? Seven yeah. Sons of Skiva. Yeah, there you go. So it's a lot they, of they go to these demons and they try to cast out these demons. And the yes. demons respond and go, Yes. We know just we, we know, know we know uh Peter we know, Paul we Paul know, we know, but who, but are, who you? are you? And they just like beat them up and they and they ran out of there naked, you know. I didn't say it would be a great band. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Just so, a great band name. So I feel like it's very similar to these guys. Yeah. You know, if they if they tried to go into go against any kind of supernatural forces of, you know, in the demonic realm. Yeah. They would be like, yeah, we know Jesus and we know Paul and we know Peter, but who are you? Yeah. And you I, know. you know, just again, to kind of clarify a couple of things, like we're not against healing. No, we're not, not against, at all. We're not against faith that brings healing uh, from God's hand, right? Like that our faith, I, I would argue very, very, you know, clearly that, uh, that our faith is active in that at times, yeah. that, that God can heal, uh, but that our faith can also be a huge, you know, part of that process. Um, so I'm not against healing, I'm not against faith. I'm just against faith nuttery that promises something that can't deliver, that can't deliver at yeah. all, right? I mean, and it's, you know, that's the thing. It's like, when you start getting into that, I just feel like, you know, there's not a lot of difference, frankly, between that and like those, you know, weird Nigerian prince emails, right? Like yeah. it's preying on a it's certain just, level of gullibility. It's, it's preying on a certain level of ignorance or, or wish, wishful hope. Right or even desperation, and then you know, kind of just taking advantage of it. So yeah, it's like that guy that was uh, that came to Peter. They should stop it. Yeah, it's like the guy that came to Peter and was like wanting to basically buy the Holy Spirit's power so he could use it. Yeah, and yeah, he, and Peter was right. like, yeah, like you're you're missing the boat, man. It's like yeah, you're, you're yeah completely Peter missing the point of what's going on. for that. Yeah, and it's like these guys are just praying, like you said, praying upon, you know, whether they're weaker in faith. Because if you could make you know, that claim that hey, if you if you you know if you follow my ministry, why wouldn't you extend that to anybody even if they don't? Right? Like so, if you yeah. had this somehow a you know way of being able to guarantee this, like it's just it's just con artistry, frankly. It's yeah. again bad teaching at its best. It's con artistry and scamming at its worst. Uh, and it, and it just shouldn't be happening. And it's, it's so. borderline. It's borderline abuse. Is the coronavirus a curse? That's an excellent question. I mean, I would say it's a curse in the sense that all things that are broken by the fall of we sin, we all fall under the curse. Of yeah. Sin. So I mean, you know, it's if it's 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 a curse in the sense that sin entered the world, and by doing so, you know, uh, the good the good things that had been made and created, um, you know, twisted a little bit. I believe, as C.S. Lewis puts it, I believe he yeah. talks about the twisting of of you know. That's that. That's the only thing that that the enemy can do is twist things that were that were created well. Of course, that, part of what Christ is going to do it 
is is restore and reset. And yeah. so because um, so Paul says that all of creation itself is groaning. Right. So, so I would say you, you want to tell me the coronavirus is a curse? I'd be like, okay, sure, I'm, I'll buy you there. Uh, it's a curse within a reasonable within a reasonable limit, um, but I would put it more to the fact it's like you know, world is broken. Yeah, I would you know, even say like na- sin is in it. I would even say the Nashville tornado that happened recently is a yeah. quote unquote curse because creation is broken. Yeah, there weren't know. tornadoes in the Garden of Eden before yeah. Adam and Eve ate from the tree. Yeah. You know, they weren't supposed to eat from. Or if they were, they weren't at least you know. Flinting, you know, things to the ground and, and causing you know massive yeah. destruction. So I mean, yeah. it's like it's just one of those things where I sit there and go, I think there's a lot of things that that fall under, you know, it's the brokenness of the world due to a, a fallen state, and you know, we look for God's redemption. Yeah, so. we look. We that's what we hope for the return yeah. of Jesus when He says, "I make all things new." Well, we got to wrap this one up for today. Yeah. Any last thoughts? No, I think that just sums it up. Yeah. If you got some crazy, awesome faith healing stories. Let us know. Let us know. Uh, awesome. we, we, we always like finding them. and uh, Maybe you we'll know, share a few. I would, I would just suggest uh, wash your hands after listening to this. Yes, please. And, and that way uh, you, go, you go and stay clean. Yes. All right. Be well, everyone. See ya.